0: Hello, thank you for joining me on the Beers with a Miner podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. Oh, How do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Are you looking for a dream job in the mines? Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Tune in each episode as I sit down for a relaxed chat, usually over a few beers, with a fellow miner. Women and blokes with various experience, roles and opinions share their lessons and stories with you. Now, let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Beers with a Miner podcast. So, you want to be a miner. How do you get a job in the mines? Where do you start? What do you need? Is there a magic number to ring? In this episode I will share with you five steps you can take now toward your job as a dump truck operator. Oh perhaps you don't want to be a dump truck operator, that's okay. These steps can also be used across other roles in the mining industry. The mining industry is a strange beast. Discussions about booms and busts and world issues affecting the coal and iron ore prices are always taking place. As operators, we all go along for the ride. Upsizing, downsizing, job security and lifestyle choices are all affected by the decisions made by the mining companies we work for. Times are tight right now in the mining industry, and jobs for inexperienced people are harder to find. But and this is what i want to discuss in this episode that i want you to be ready think about it like that if you really really want a job in the mines you've got your heart set on it and you've listened to mad mumsy and all the <laughs> all the things that can and do go wrong and the challenges that you will face that you may not have even thought of if after all that you still decide you want one of those magical jobs in the mines you need to be ready. And Think about this as a scenario. Imagine if the world resources prices start to pick up again. The pits and machines that have been parked will be cranked up real fast. We'll put money on that. And those machines all need operators. Except for a few over in WA that have robots. <laughs> you can check that out in the show notes. I wrote an article about that for Shift Miner. Um, yeah will robots take our jobs madmumsy.com forward slash beers six so continuing on the world resources prices start to pick up right so the mining companies have to get cranking again and imagine if the mines currently awaiting approval get the go-ahead some of these are huge and will need thousands of workers where are they going to get all of the extra operators from and the government is under a lot of pressure to ensure these mining companies don't bring in overseas workers to fill the gaps. They will need to hire a lot of new people, greenies, clean skins, wannabes, like you perhaps, as well as experienced operators from their own backyards. That's us. That's you. Imagine if you see an advertisement online or in the newspaper that reads, Wanted. Dump truck operators, no experience necessary, start ASAP. Mature aged and women are encouraged to apply as we are an equal opportunity business. Click here to apply now. How many thousands of people do you think would apply? How would you feel if you had done nothing at all towards being ready? Have no idea what they want to hear and what you would need to do? You know, do you think that they're going to notice you among the thousands? Now imagine this. You know you need to stand out from the masses, be ahead of the pack. You know what to expect and have everything prepared to send with your application. You are job fit. You have the right mindset and are ready to pounce. This is the one you have been waiting for. Let the journey begin. This is exactly what happened to Karen from episode two. I'll add that into the show notes as well, which can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers six. She was ready. A few traineeships came up and she was ready to pounce. And as you'll hear in episodes two and three, she did get her job as a dump truck operator because she was ready. You can listen to the steps that Karen took in those episodes as well to give you more of an outline of just what she did to to be job ready. And another good resource for that is Lisa's book from Dump Truck Discovery. And I'll add a link to the show notes in that. We'll discuss that a bit further on in this episode as well. Okay, I promised you the top five steps so let's get started. I'll try not to rattle on too long. <laughs> but if you know Mad Mumsy, you never it's no promises here. <laughs> Step one, learn more about living the mining lifestyle. You need to understand what they're talking about when they're describing a job, for instance, and be ready to know what it is you do want and what you don't want. For example, let's talk about FIFO, Dido, Bibo, Townies, Rosters and Accommodations. Probably heard of FIFO because it's been in the media a lot lately with mental health issues and also here in Queensland about 100% FIFO mines will not be allowed anymore if there are people in local towns that can do the job. I won't go into all of that here because that's a huge issue (laughs) but FIFO what does it even mean? You may not know. It means fly in fly out. Makes sense right? get on a plane, fly to work, get on a plane, fly back. But it is also becoming a broad description of mining lifestyle. So not everyone jumps on a plane and flies to work. Some are Dido, which is drive in and drive out. That's what I do. Um, I have to take my car because I bring so many devices out to camp. So I can record and basically have my office with me as well as my work stuff. But I do have an option of a BIBO if I want to, which is bus in, bus out. So you can get on the bus from the nearest town and catch the bus out. So that's what they mean, FIFO, Dido, BIBO. Which do you prefer? A lot of people don't like driving out all the time because there's it, a lot of wear and tear on your car, obviously. And when it rains, it can get a bit hairy. Driving can you even get home. But if you're in a bus and something happens at home, you can't really, most of the time, just come home. So that's another option for drive-in, drive-out. A townie, I'm sure you've guessed that, means that you live at home and you go home, live at home. <laughs> means that you live in the nearest town, quite close and you just go home every every night or every morning after work so you it's like a real job really isn't it you still have your breaks your long break but you don't have to go away and live in a camp or a donga or a caravan or something so I want you as part of step one to start deciding out of all of those what you are prepared to do and what you do not want to do at all no way that's a good start. Next thing we'll discuss are rosters. There's all sorts of rosters out there. Mining here in Queensland, most of them are what they call an even time roster. And there are lots of varying degrees of that. So it can be week on, week off, four and four, which is days, five and five, which is what I do at the moment. You can do some are all day shifts. Not many are like that, but there's a few few like that then you have how many hours? Most are the ones with the bigger money are twelve hours plus. You know, by the time you take into consideration shift change and everything. But with the downturn quite a few mines have gone to ten hour shifts, so that's obviously a reduction in money and um, some allowances, night shift allowance and stuff. So there's also something called the lifestyle roster which is quite popular because you're guaranteed two weekends off every month. If you have even time 4455 five, or whatever you could start on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever like it keeps moving. So with the lifestyle roster you always most of the time it's you start on a Monday, Wednesday or a Friday and therefore you are guaranteed two weekends off a month which is great especially if you've got kids at school and stuff like that. So it's something to be aware of with rosters. WA, they tend to go more two and one, I believe. So not even time, you're working more than the time off. But I think some of those, well, they were starting to go more our way because they had to compete for operators, but that might not be so much the case with the downturn in iron ore as much as coal. Construction and services like your cleaning, um, camp work, building new camps, etc., building new mines, and a lot of the other support areas, uh, they have much longer rosters, like nine days on and three off, stuff like that, even longer. So that's something that you need to consider. But as operators, generally, it's the main goal that most people are chasing is even time roster and depending how far away you live like if you live in a big city perhaps the local capital city you would definitely be looking for FIFO but if you don't mind living in regional areas you could Dido, Bibo or even become a townie so that's something to think about and also a big part of that is how long can your family handle you being away Again, it's not just about the money, it's about the lifestyle, it's about the mental health of you and also of your family. You know, how, how are your trust issues, for example? <laughs> we won't even go there in this little conversation. So the other thing I want you to think about here in step one, so far reviewing, we've covered FIFO, Dido, Bibo, Townie and Rosters, and in this one we're going to look at Accommodation. Most mines have a camp nearby or jump on a bus and it might be a 30-minute drive or whatever. You need to find out about that. Do they have a camp? And in the camp you usually have supplied meals and your room. Meals being a mess, as we call it. The meals supplied are usually breakfast and tea or dinner depending where you're from. <laughs> and a crib, so you can take food with you for work as well. Some companies will charge you each time you stay here and others will pay for it. So that's something else to watch out for. There's different styles of camp accommodation. You can have motelling or hoteling, depending, you know, what they call it. But basically every time you go to work you have to take all of your stuff and when you go home you take it all back and you have a different room every time you go and check in they tell you where you're going to be you go to your room not that they look any different most of them it's just a matter of whereabouts in camp you are they all pretty much look the same the bed might be on one side and the bathroom on the other if you're in the middle or on the ends that's about as different as it gets. (laughs) So with me not having a permanent room, and it's pretty much four trips to the car by the time I bring all my stuff, because I like to make my donga feel homely and nice and lovely, and plus I bring an office with me as well. So having a permanent room would be much nicer. At least you can leave some of it here, like your pillows and your own blanket and your toiletries. Another different setup is what they call hot bedding and you share your room with someone else. So you, you have your own room every time and they will have two wardrobes in them that are lockable and you can put all of how much you can fit <laughs> into your wardrobe, which you have the key and while you're on break, someone else stays in your room and then they clean it, you would hope before you come back and they put all their stuff in their wardrobe. So it's two bob each way, really. It's a permanent room, but you're sharing. At least you know where to park your car each time, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's called hot bedding. And then, of course, there's a permanent room where you can leave all your gear in your room and you're in the same one each time, which I basically discovered earlier. Or some places will say the job is available, but you have to find your own accommodation. There can be a few options in the nearest town. You might be able to rent a caravan in the caravan park, or someone may have a room available in their house in town. There's some people out there making a bit of money doing that. I've done that too. Oh, not on the other on the other side. I've been the one paying a hundred bucks a week to stay in a room. And there were six of us staying there. So Old Mate was making a good earner out of that one. <laughs> we we had a bit of fun, though, for sure, because we were all on the same crew. But anyway, you can choose to do that. And if it means you can have a job, but you've got to find somewhere to live, well, it can be worth it too, can't it? Obviously, with that, you will also have to feed yourself. Meals aren't available most of the time, So and you've got to pay for it. So you might be paying 100 bucks a week to stay in someone's room. Then you've got to feed yourself all your meals as well as all of your cribs. So you need to weigh that up into how much you're going to get paid to do that. The other thing to consider, I guess, is are you prepared to move if you can get work? I'm not sure where you live right now and how far you are prepared to move to to get a job in the mines. But one word of warning here, don't just move on the thought of getting a job in the mines. Well, you can, obviously, you're grown up, you can do whatever you like. (laughs) But I've seen too many people get caught, oh, get up here, there's plenty of jobs, and then they come here and there aren't. And they've had to start again, they've moved away from family, and then they're just trying to get whatever job they can. They may have left a good job in the first place. So that's something to weigh up and um, I'd, I'd wait if you've got a start date well that'd be a really good good first step let's say but again that's up to you if there's not a great deal happening in your in your world or your career and you might as well be in an area where there are options to get a town job for instance they're only hiring people who live local well you might as well go and try if nothing's happening where you are but I'm just saying don't just give up everything, thinking it's all going to work out, because sadly too often it doesn't. Okay, that was step one. Wow, only four to go. (laughs) Step two, what roles are available and what mining related skills do you have right now? As I've mentioned quite a few times, times are pretty tough at the moment. It's April 2016 and we're in the middle of a downturn We're hoping we've hit the bottom and things are kind of levelling out. And there aren't a great deal of jobs for people that have no experience. But they're still out there. And as I said, be ready. And of, of course, I talk here about being a dump truck operator in the mines. But there are many more roles in this industry. And you could, if you want, work your way through them until you find the one that suits you best. You might start off as a dump truck operator and go, oh my God, I can't hack this. I don't want to do this. This is too boring. Or you get an opportunity to do something else that you might prefer, like in drill and blast or in the wash plant or the mill or there's so many different things. So... We, you know, once once you start looking, you'll get to see what is available out there. And you can, all, of course, start with a job supporting the mining industry. That way you get a taste of the lifestyle. You still are working away from home most of the time on those longer rosters, as I mentioned earlier. But you can also start to make more contacts. And you'll also need the right inductions and medicals to even for those roles, if you're going onto a mine site or even into a camp, you have to have a certain level of licences to be able to do it. Not so much licences, but inductions and courses, which we'll will cover in step three. A great resource for a list of the sort of jobs that are out there it comes from Lisa over at Dump Truck Discovery. Her ebook, which is great for outlining many different options and ways to get into the mines. And again, I will leave a link to that in the show notes at madmumsy.com forward slash beers six. Okay, on to step three research the relevant licenses, courses, and inductions. There are a lot of things, as I just mentioned, that you have to do before you're even allowed to step onto a mine site. And to apply for a job, if you already have those, or most of them you have to have those before you can even apply so that is what i'm suggesting here is you start looking into what what they are what are available in your area and how much do they cost but there are some things to watch out for so weigh up the cost some of them are quite expensive and i'm talking high hundreds for certain inductions and your medicals etc you you need to weigh it up in the position that you're in now can you afford it is it worth investing in yourself to get the possibility to may or may not get a job how long do they last are you likely to need to pay out for it again before you can even get a job are they recognized by the industry you know there's a few dodgy things going on out there and research that. Find out what it is that you need and can they be used across different roles. For example in Queensland you need a standard 11 and a section 4. <laughs> a section 4 sounds to me like you're going to the nut house but it's actually a medical to say that you are fit for work. There's also fit for works that will Usually you'll get put through that when, um, depending on the company who hires you. And a standard 11 is basically covering all about the coal industry. And uh, when I did mine, I was doing it with people who were going to put new lino in the offices on a mine site. And they had to know all about the procedures for working at heights and... What to do in emergency and blasting and things that were totally not relevant to putting lino on the floor in an office. So if you've got that, you know, like and even putting lino on the floor in an office in a mine site, you know, there's things that are needed, as I say, about the support industry, carpenters and all sorts of things. But you would still need these sort of licences. So start looking, looking into that and find out what is it that you have to have. And these are the things that you can be ready to pounce when you see that advertisement apply now. You've got your standard 11. You've done your section 4. You're fit for work. You're ready to go. You're drug free. All of those things. So reviewing. Step 1. Learn more about living the mining lifestyle step two what roles are available and finding your own mining skills what have you already done that could be used in the mining industry which we'll talk about in step four update your resume step three research relevant licenses courses and inductions okay we're getting there (laughs) step four update your resume and register online and stay in touch so your resume. Have a look at yours. Do you even have one? Perhaps if you've been in a job for a long time and you haven't had to apply for a new one, a new a new job, you may not even have a resume. So start thinking about it. Get onto it and update it. If you already do have one, I recommend that You make it more relevant for the mining industry and they don't need to know what you did 30 years ago straight from school. They won't even, they won't read that. I'm no resume expert and I'll add some links in the show notes to people that are resume experts to help you out there and you can Google them as well. But I've got a couple that I can recommend and again in Lisa's book she covers covers this. Uh, madmumsycom forward slash beers6 for the show notes. But what have you done around home, the farm, at your local motorbike track? You know, that helped me get a job in the mines. Have you been around machinery, operating operating them or fixing them or, you know, helping out on, on the farm? It's all little things that shows that you could probably... Handle being around machinery and doing a pre start and driving them. You know, I had driven a little, a small truck delivering vegetables and selling fish <laughs> back in the day when my kids were little, you know, so that helped. It was something at least I could show you, that I'd driven stuff. I hadn't just worked in a shop all my life. So have a look at your resume or if it's not written on a resume, start thinking about all the things you've done, make a few notes, and then incorporate that into a new resume that can be especially just for these mining jobs. And if you are looking, for instance, to get in as a a cleaner or, or in the kitchen, you know, what have you done that's relevant for that sort of thing? So start thinking about it, taking some notes, getting it on paper, and then, of course, no one deals in paper much anymore so we need to have it saved in a format that can be sent easily online when you see that apply now they'll say upload your resume upload your picture of your driver's license upload your that's a bit further down the track perhaps but you know at one stage you some stage in the process you're going to need to have front and back picture of your driver's license so you need to know how to do that have them ready remember we're gonna pounce when we see that elusive job (laughs) so you want to save things as Word document pictures as JPEG files and PDFs are usually good as well so do you even know what all that meant (laughs) if you're not too techno savvy that's fine just find someone who is ask your kids or ask your mum ask anyone who knows they can help you out and again, check out Professional Resume Services. They can, they can also help you. And Karen, in Episode 2, discusses a lot of what she did to tweak her resume as well. That might help you out. So the other part of Step 4 here is to register. By register, labour hire companies and contractors are the way the industry is going at the moment. And so most of the time you're going to be hired by one of those who then contracts you out to the client, the big mining company. That seems to be what's happening more and more. So you can find them, you can register with them online. Again, upload your resume. You could also go in and see them or give them a good old-fashioned phone call and have a chat go in and see them, fill out some forms. If you do have a printed resume, give it to them, they can photocopy it and scan it and save it and help you on your way. But you want to get started on the process. I have in the pro in speaking of processes, I'm in the process right now of setting up a time to interview a recruitment officer on our Biz with a Minor podcast and she will hopefully give us some awesome tips to help you stand out from the crowd and the things she thinks will help you get get that job. I will add a link to that interview in the show notes once the episode is available. Of course, I can't right now because I haven't done it, but it's in the pipeline for sure and I'm looking forward to chatting with her. She's a really cool lady. So she'll share her top tips to get hired. So be sure to subscribe to the Beers with a Minor podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming events <laughs> and episodes. If you have a look in the show notes for this episode as well, I'll add a link to resources that I have on my website already, which is a link to most of the main players in the labour labor hire game and you'll you'll see that there so their websites etc and I, I try to keep it updated if I see see a new one I'll try to find them and add them on there for you but they're the sort of things that you need to start doing and again you can see what jobs they're advertising you can register with them and you can also see what sort of jobs are being advertised start seeing the lingo start seeing what options are out there so you can understand this industry a lot better. So once you have registered with the labour hire companies, keep a list of them, you know, mad mumsy on my list head. (laughs) But however you do a list, even if it's just in your mind, but give them a call perhaps once a month to touch base and keep you front of mind. They might give you a job so you'll stop calling them because you're so annoying, perhaps. (laughs) We've often laughed about that in the past with a few people. But just give them a call am just drop them by, you know, anything going, any other ideas, any other options. Again, this will come out when I interview our recruitment officer and she might say, no, please don't do that. Don't tell everyone that. (laughs) But I believe that that's a good idea and just... Just see, keep discussing with them what else you could be looking to do whilst you're waiting for that dream job that might help you. They might know of some other little jobs perhaps in construction you could be working on, which is another option as well. Another tip is to set up job alerts with the big online job search engines such as Seek. There are quite a few out there and growing number that are mining related like I comply is another one that is just taking off here in 2016 but I will add links to those on the resources page at mad mumsy and of course in the show notes and you can you can put in keywords for your job search alert because you don't want an email every day with all these different jobs so put in what you are looking for such if you are a greeny entry level no experience required is a good one and mining obviously the <laughs> dump truck operator if that's that's what you're after or operator FIFO perhaps if that's what you're looking for and you can say which state because you don't want if you have no intention to work in the Pilbara and live in Perth you don't want them sending you all the jobs from over there or if that's exactly what you're after and you do not want to live in Queensland, the best place in the world, <laughs> you can exclude that as well. And, of course, don't forget there's New South Wales, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Sorry, it's a state of origin thing. So that's an important step in that, just reviewing as we looked at step four, update your resume, register online, and stay in touch. That way you won't miss out on anything. And here we are at step five, the final, final one, perhaps one of the most important. It kind of ties it all together, I guess. And this is networking. You'll hear many times from people, especially those who are yet to get their job. Oh, I don't know anyone. It's all about who you know. Well, a lot of times, yes, it is. It is about who you know. So get to know people start to chat to people you know social media is amazing these days most companies have a facebook page you can like and follow them and and start commenting and find out what's going on again it's a great a great place to get used, get your head around the mining lingo and what's out there and what's coming up and what's happening i ha- also have links for their social media pages on the resources page on madmumsy.com there's also online groups across most social media platforms. The Twitter sphere can be instant and immediate. most of the those big job search engines will tweet out when they have new new jobs and you could you could know it before anyone who has to check their email and because you're ready to pounce, <laughs> you can get in there and Ask all your mates, put the word out there, tell people that's what you're after. You might get a bit annoying, but so what? If you really want it, start talking to people, start looking into it, get serious about it. And again, like I said, it's not easy at the moment, but if you you be like Karen, listen to those episodes and you'll see how many years it took her of following her dream to finally get it. So don't give up if it's what you really really want to do right (laughs) that went a lot longer than I thought but you know I, I really want to try and give you good content here and to help you out and I promised you five steps that you can take now just reviewing step one learn more about living the mining lifestyle step two what roles are available and finding your mining skills that's your mining skills get creative on that one. Step three, research the relevant licenses, courses and inductions and hopefully that will be something else that I'll cover when we interview the recruitment officer. Keep coming back to Mad Mumsy and I'll have more and more links to help you out so you know exactly where to go. Step four, update your resume, register and stay in touch so that's with the labor hire and contractors and keep nagging them give them a ring every now and again get to know them step 5 network get online get on facebook or any social media platform even the instagrams and pinterest they they're all on there you know and they link back to their website so start having a look around start talking to people I'm not going to cover each step again. We're reviewing. (laughs) That's mad mumsy. She digresses. Okay, so in closing, I have one more extra step for you if you are a super greenie like I was and you want to be a dump truck operator. This is part of the wannabe workouts (laughs) that you'll see sometimes on my Facebook page. But this is something you can start doing And start doing next time you drive your car. I want you to begin using your side mirrors when you're driving. Okay, we all apparently are are supposed to use them. But start reverse parking. Reverse into your driveway. Reverse into the car park at the shops. And use your side mirrors only. But don't hit the car behind you. In a truck, there's a big tray behind us, so we only have side mirrors. And we spend a lot of time going backwards, looking into those mirrors because we're backing up at a loading unit and we're backing up to tip the dirt off. So start doing that. It's not That's if you want to be an operator. Okay, if you're lucky enough to get an interview, you might have to go into a stimulator. We call them a stimulator. It's actually a simulator. And this is one way you could be ahead of the pack. If you're used to reversing and looking into mirrors, even on a simulator, that's got to help you. And then once you do get a start, this will help you get over some of the first hurdles of learning a whole new way to drive. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Beers with Minor, episode 6. Head to the show notes for all of the links that I talked about which is madmumsy.com forward slash beers six if you're an iTunes fan I'd love you to subscribe rate and review and that way the show can be found by more people and of course tell your mates until next week stay safe be real be special and have fun for we only live once cheers